It's the Harland Highway, boys and girls. Hey, how are you, gang? Harlan Williams here doing a clown voice off the top because I'm kind of a clown, I guess. Um, Does that make you clownies or clownettes for listening to me? I don't know. I hope so. Let's all clown around together on the Harlan Highway podcast. I am he, and uh, what a show we have today. Um... We are going to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about a, a, a movie that I think deserves a second look. It's a comedy movie, and it's with a superstar actor. It's, it's an actor that's made you laugh and brought lots of joy and merriment into your life. And it's one of his movies that I think kind of went under the radar during his career. And we're going to talk about taking a second look at a movie that I think has really grown on me. And very funny. Um, Also, we're going to be discussing uh, North Korea. Looks like they're declaring war on everybody, including us in the United States. I'm going to talk about the nuclear threat from North Korea. And then uh, I think, uh, speaking of overseas, our old friend George Michael from Wham! is calling in. Not happy about that. Don't like the guy. But what are you going to do? This is the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You are causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. And I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Kaboom! Yeah, that's uh, that's the sound we'd hear if North Korea had their way, ladies and sniffers. Are you scared? Are you trembling in your boots? Ooh, North Korea has declared war. North Korea's uh, gonna you get ready, gang. North Korea's uh, get. Are you ready for the missile? North Korea's got the missile. I can't believe they have more than one missile. I don't even know if they have a real missile. It's probably cardboard or something. I mean, what are they thinking, man? Rattling the saber on the cage at us. Are you you kidding? What the hell's wrong with those people? I mean, how seriously can we be scared of a guy who looks like an Asian cabbage patch kid? You know what I'm talking about? The the, the new leader of North Korea, this Kim Jong-ga or whatever his name is. Is it just me, or does he look like a full, like a grown-up cabbage patch kid? One of the Asian ones. He's got that little pudgy face, little beady eyes. That, that's a cabbage patch kid, man. North Korea's got a cabbage patch kid running the place. Everybody gonna have coleslaw tonight. We got cabbage roll for everybody. I'm a cabbage patch kid. Everybody gonna have cabbage. Rock and roll. 
I mean, you can't take uh, nuclear threats from a cabbage patch kid. And what about that name? I mean, you're you're a tough ass, uh, you know, leader of this badass country, and you got a girl's name. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. Is the nuclear bomb ready yet, Kim? Can I call you Kimberly? No. Okay. You're gonna kill me. Why don't I just call you Kimberly, Kim? And then he's got the man's name after Kim. It's Kim John. And then it's like Oong or something. It's like someone kicked him in the in the balls. Oong. My name is Kim Jong. Oh, it's like he never got the last name out. Someone wasn't happy with the Kim thing. He got to John, and then before he got the last name out, they ran up and kicked him in the cabbage rolls. Hi, my name is Kim John. Oh, I don't know, man. Like, you know, if you're the leader of a country and you're going to be threatening uh, the United States, the most powerful country in the world with nuclear bombs, change your name to Dirk or Cliff or Steven. Change your name to Bad Motherfucker. Something. Kim? I'm really mad at the United States of America. I'm sending the the missile. I'm sending the guided missile. Kimberly's upset. Kimberly is not going to take this. It's just not going to happen. Not on my watch. Someone get me some cabbage. And seriously, a guided missile? Look, I think we all know that, that Asians have a reputation for not steering and driving real well. I can't imagine them launching a quote-unquote guided missile with any accuracy. Can you imagine that launch? Three, two, one. We got a lift off. Oh, there she go. She flying through the air. She going to hit the United States of America. Oh, there go the guided missile. What? What's that blinking light? Why the blinking light on guided missile? What you mean you left the left turn signal on? Oh, what? Holy fuck, it turning around. Guided missile turning around, taking left. Take it left. Who the hell? Oh, it's coming back. Ah! These guys can't even get to the 7-Eleven properly, let alone send a guided missile across the ocean. And yeah, that's that's just the reputation Asians have when it comes to driving and stuff, man. I'm not making it up. I think even uh, Asians acknowledge that, that, that they're not great at the, the guiding and the driving. So let's see you get your Prius into an underground garage parking spot before you start sending uh, guided nuclear warheads uh, 6,000 miles across uh, continents and countries and isotherms and everything else. Holy fuck, it's coming back. Everybody run! Everybody get to the cabbage field! Hide with all the cabbage patch, kid! Kimberly scared! Kimberly hide with the cabbage patch! Holy frock! Grided missile coming back! Oh, man. So sorry, Kimberly. I'm not scared. I don't know if any of you guys are scared, but uh, I ain't. 
Okay, so I got a funny-ass story I got to tell you guys. Uh, This happened to me, uh, I guess, about three days ago. Uh, I was doing some grocery shopping. It's me, Roger. What? No, I'm not expecting a call. What do you mean? Long distance? Who is it? Harlan, there's someone on line five. Oh, no. No, it better not be him. I don't want to talk to George Michael. I'm doing a a podcast. Oh, God. No, don't put him on. Hello, Harlan. Oh, God. What do you want, George? It's George Michael, all right? Let's not start right out the fucking gate with your antics and your shenanigans, right? All right, don't start telling me how to do things. Well, I'm just telling you, I'm not going to put up with you not getting me name right. It's George Michael, all right? You just don't say one bloody name, right? Okay, I got it. What are you, why are you calling me? I'm doing a podcast. Well, I've been looking at these reality shows on telly, on the telly, Arlen. Right. And they got one where they're up in the North Arctic Circle and they're hunting the whale. What? They're up in the North Arctic Circle, they're hunting the whale. Holly the whale? Hunting the whale. I don't know what you're saying, George. It's George Fighting Michael, you fighting fried egg, fighting sandwich with a fucking chocolate roasted fucking Piccadilly Circus on it, fuckstick. Okay, you know what? If you're going to get belligerent... I said it's a reality show where they hunting a whale. Are you saying hunting the whale? That's what I said, Dinglebutt. All right. What do you mean, hunting the whale? Well, it's like the Japanese whaling ships, Harlan. They've been hunting a whale. Okay. Well, you're killing the whale, Harlan. They're killing the whale. That's what I said. Hello. Fatty, what you got? Fatty, wax in your ears. No, I don't have wax in my ears. In In your ears, eh? You got fucking eels swimming in your ears. Look, you're getting me all tongue-twied. Tongue-twied, is it, Arlen? Oh, get you even... What, you got something in your mouth there? No, but I'm sure you've had something in your mouth. What the hell's that mean, then? I'm bloody calling you all the way from the United Kingdom, long distance on my own fucking dollar. I'm calling you in the United... America. What? I said I'm calling you long distance in the United America. The United... America. The United States of America? Oh, Christ, on a fucking cheese sandwich. What the fuck is wrong with you today? Look, I'm in the middle of a podcast, George. George fucking Michael! What the fuck is wrong with you? You got your fucking fat head stuck up the ass of a fucking Chinese mountain goat. I don't have my head stuck up the ass of a Chinese mountain goat. Now cut the profanities. Then say me fucking name. All right, George Michael. Oh, la dee da flowers and fucking teardrops from Tangerine Angels. He finally fucking got it right. What are you talking about, whales? 
I'm saying we got to stop killing the fucking whales in the Antarctic Circle. Okay, that's easy to say. We got to stop killing the whales. How? Well, I've come up with a solution, Arlen. Okay. Well, you don't got to get all snarky with me. I'm not getting snarky with you. I didn't say snarky. I said snotty. Like the fucking green stuff that comes out your dirty fucking nose early in the morning. Would you just get on with it, George? It's George fucking Michael! You fucking giant steaming pile of Cyclops shit! I am not a steaming pile of Cyclops shit. How are we going to stop the killing of the whales? For every fucking whale they kill, we're going to go to the United of America and kill an old lady. What? Every time somebody kills a whale, I'm going to come to the United States of America and kill an old lady with a big stick. Okay, have you been drinking again, Michael? It's George Michael, you fucking Tinkerbell fucking Walt Disney Magic Kingdom fucking it's a small world after all fucking crumpet fuck alright hang up on this guy Roger hang on the guy wants to save the whales by ki- every time someone kills a whale he's gonna come over and kill an old lady with a stick what is wrong with this guy hey you gotta quit the booze there guy Oh, look at you, like, you've never had a little nip, eh? I bet you got a fucking Mickey in your drawer right now, you fucking lush, eh? How else could you come up with a fucking retarded garbage you put on your podcast if you weren't fucking half-sloshed seven ways to Andrew Ridgely's fucking tight little anus? What was that? I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to talk about Andrew Ridgely's little anus. No, but you did. Let's get into that. I already have. No, wait. What, what's going on here? No, wait. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, what have I said? Where'd he go? He hung up. Oh, great. For once, I want to talk to him. He says something provocative, and he hangs up. <sighs> that guy is messed up, Roger. Idiot. Do not let him call here anymore. I got to get on with it. Unbelievable. Kill an old lady. I'll kill your fucking grandmother too, you dirty bat. Hang up on him! Wait, actually, wait, I want to talk about you and Andrew Ridge. Oh, see you later, Arlen. So, what a jackwad. Roger, why? I'm not even going to get into it with you. I'm not even going to go into it. I ask you not to let him call through here you put him through i think you secretly are amused by this idiot and wipe that smirk off your face (sighs) i do apologize ladies and gentlemen i I, i'm trying to do a professional show here i'm trying i try to keep a a uh level of uh some kind of standard here and this drunk lush calls in Anyway, I'm not wasting any more time. Let's talk about something that, uh, you know, is positive. Um, Here's what I want you to do. I want to revisit a movie, and I want to revisit an actor, a comedian, that, uh, you know, that maybe uh, we haven't looked at, uh, at his work 
through the uh, the lens lately. And he's actually a guy that's been getting a little bit of flack lately. I'm talking about our boy Jim Carrey. Uh, funny guy. You know, the, the last little while he hasn't really had any movies that popped. And, you know, they weren't great. And Jim's getting a little older. And, you know, I, you kind of get the feeling a bit that, that, that the tide's turning on him a little bit. Just, you know, that he did a he did a funnier die video a few weeks ago and the media like trounced all over him and they're calling him a wash up and a loser and an a hole and you know, like like he's not entitled to his opinion like everyone else is, right? And uh, you know, Jim hasn't had like a big hit movie in a while, so you know, a lot of these people who love to knock people off their pedestal smell blood in the water and they're circling around and it's kind of sad to see and uh I, I went to see this movie Burt Wonderstone with uh, Steve Carell and Jim Carrey and and Jim did a good job he had a fun character but I gotta say it was it was hard for me to see a movie where Jim was playing second fiddle you know that that's an indication that maybe his career's dropped off a little bit uh that he's he doesn't have top billing in a in a you know an over-the-top comedy. He was playing second fiddle to Steve Carell, who, by the way, I love Steve Carell, but Burt Wonderstone was horrible. Steve Carell looked like he phoned it in. He didn't care. Uh, he, he wasn't funny, and uh, which, which is really interesting because he's a producer on the movie. If you watch the credits, Steve Carell produced the movie. You'd, you know, if I was producing a movie, I'd go, man, I'm going to make this my funniest movie ever. Not only because my name's on it, but also uh, financially, you, you know, the you, you make a great movie, you you uh, reap the rewards, and uh, you know, you had a hilarious premise. You had you had two battling magicians in the sh- you know schlocky world of Las Vegas. You had the kind of the old school loser up against the new modern day magician. Then you had two uh, comedy superpowers like Jim Carrey and Steve Carell. I love them both. And that movie sat there like a rotten egg on a hot raft in the middle of summer, man. I mean, I did everything I could not to walk out of that thing. And the people I was with, we, we, we couldn't believe it. And one of the things I noticed about Jim in that movie is even though I liked what he did, he did some interesting stuff, he's always compelling to watch, he was probably the best thing in the movie, I got a little bit of a sense from Jim that, that I don't know, there was a, that, there was a little sparkle in his eye that I didn't see. I don't know if it's because of age or he didn't like the idea that he was playing second fiddle or maybe he was... Uh, feeling self-conscious that, that uh, you know, his uh, things have fizzled a little bit. And by the way, when I say fizzled for Jim Carrey, I'm not saying he's dead in the water. I mean, most people would love to even have his fizzle career, let alone when he was in his at his peak. But I by no means think Jim Carrey is over. I just think he's in a bit of a rut and a bit of a lull. He needs to reinvent himself. I hope they redo Dumb and, uh, they do a Dumb and Dumber Part 2. That should put him back on the top. But Jim had this kind of energy where even though he was giving it his all as he always does and he looked great and he was funny, 
you, you got the sense that he was a little beaten down, a little bit of a whipped dog. And he certainly didn't possess the the energy and the uh, the uh, vigor that he had in the early days of Ace Ventura and the mask and and the movie that I really want to talk about, which kind of kicked off this whole segment, is a movie where I think Jim was underrated and kind of this movie kind of passed under the radar a little bit. And I'm talking about a movie called The Cable Guy. And if you uh, haven't seen it, or if you have seen it, uh, you know, I can't tell you what to do, but if you have, if you have a, a, a little window of time, a lazy Sunday or a lazy evening, watch The Cable Guy again. Watch The Cable Guy again and watch what Jim Carrey does. I mean, I, 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 the more I watch that movie, the more I am riveted by what he did in that movie. And, and let's put it in context here. When, when The Cable Guy came out, Jim Carrey was riding the peak of his popularity. He, just, he had done Batman as the Riddler. He had done Ace Ventura. He had done Dumb and Dumber. He had done The Mask. So he was doing these high-concept, over-the-top comedies where he was this big, funny, like, physical guy who was doing stuff that blew everyone away. By the way, let's not forget all the laughter he brought us, okay? All you critics out there that are so eager to kick him while he's down or knock him down and then kick him. That's what I hate about uh, you know, m- many industries in life. You know, people forget the joy and, and the uh, the fun and the beauty that someone brought them before they hit hard times. Can't Can't you just hold them up for that instead of waiting for a wound to open so you can pour salt in it. So anyways, Jim was doing all these these wonderful, lighthearted, silly, wacky comedies. It was cra- They were cracking us all up. And right in the middle of that, he did this movie called The Cable Guy. And the movie wasn't received that well. It, it, did, it did moderate. It did okay. Um... But it was a dark movie. Jim played a dark character. And people weren't really ready for that in the middle of all this lighthearted goofiness. And so the movie got passed over a bit and critics were kind of iffy on it. And it made some some money, but it didn't it didn't blow up the way all his other movies were doing. As all his other movies were clearing a hundred million plus. I think Cable Guy came in at about $60 million, which is still a huge number. But it, it, it was one of those movies that kind of people, people weren't ready for Jim Carrey in that role. So it kind of got passed by. And it, by the way, this movie was directed by Ben Stiller, who the more I look at the movie, I also have accolades for him because, uh, you know, he did a lot of interesting shots and gave Jim a lot of rope to play with and and uh together i think they made a real masterpiece but here's why i want you to watch the cable guy again i want you to watch it and look at it and go if you'd never heard of jim carrey if you'd never seen any of his movies or saw him on tv if this was his first movie where this guy popped onto the scene and, and this was his very first role 
you would look at this guy and go, holy crap, who the hell is this guy? This guy is mad. This guy is insane. This guy is intense. I, I love this guy. Hello, Stephen. I came as soon as I could. What's your real name? It's Larry Tate, but that's not what's important right now. We have to get you out of here. I was watching court TV. I think I found a loophole in your case. I'm going to talk to the judge about a writ of habeas corpus. I'll put the system on trial. I mean, you got to look at it through through that that prism. Imagine it's this guy's first movie and knew nothing about him. It'll kind of blow your mind. And if you don't believe me, even if you don't want to look at it through that prism, I want you to watch Jim's performance. I want you to watch, pay attention to every single facial tick, every eye movement, every physical step he takes in that movie. Jim is doing something, whether it's an eyebrow going up, whether it's his eyelids flickering, whether it's a lip curl, whether it's his teeth coming out, whether it's the way he tilts his head, whether it's the way he postures his body. I mean, you got to look at this movie and look at the look at this guy's physicality, look at the, the detail, even his voice. He does the whole performance with this this lisp. And he sticks his bottom jaw out where it looks like in, instead of most of us have an overbite where our teeth, our, our top teeth come over our lower teeth. Jim kind of did this thing where he, he stuck his lower jaw out. So it looks like his lower teeth are coming out over his top teeth. I mean, not only is that kind of physically impossible, I don't think that happens to many human beings, but... Just try talking like that. It's not easy. And you got to figure for a guy to do a whole feature film pushing his jaw like that, it would start to hurt. Why are you doing this to me? I didn't do this to you. You did this to you. You set me up. No, I taught you a lesson. I can be your best friend or your worst enemy. You seem to prefer the latter. I'm just here to comfort you. But I watch this movie, and there's not a moment, there's not a scene, there's not a, there's not a second that goes by where he's not doing something with his fingers, with his hands, with his, with his body, with his neck, with his eyebrows, with his forehead, with his singing voice. With, I mean, I'm telling you, man. Look at the give this movie a second chance and then and then watch it and if you're still not convinced how incredible the performance is you're and you're going oh it's just Jim Carrey Well I want you to remove the name Jim Carrey and 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 watch the performance and go what other actor could have done this Could George Clooney have brought what Jim's bringing to this could uh could Owen Wilson could Will Ferrell, could, could any actor bring all the little nuances and all the little uh, quirks and timing and, and uh, you know, things that Jim does in this movie? And, uh, you know, to watch, the, to watch Jim in this movie is to really examine a guy who is, uh, I got to say, just incredible. Really incredible, and I, I think this movie blew by everyone, blew by the public. It, it's not the best movie story-wise in the world, and it's obviously a little dated because who has cable anymore? 
And if you do, I mean, you know, people don't traditionally get cable installed as much as they used to. Now it's like satellite dish or Apple TV or digital. Um, so it's a little dated, but but uh, just just watch Jim, man. Watch watch the scene where he's he's in the uh, medieval times and he starts he starts singing music. He starts singing the soundtrack from Star Trek. He. There's a scene where he starts putting chicken skin on his face. There's, there's scenes. I mean, it, I mean, those are the big scenes. But I'm telling you, watch for the little things. In just about every line he delivers, every, every step he takes. I know I'm kind of beating it over the head now, but check it out. And don't look at it just as a movie of well, I think I'll sit down and be entertained. Do do it like homework. This is how I'll frame it. Pretend. Pretend all you pavement pounders listening, pretend you're in a film class and I'm the teacher. And my instructions are to you, watch Cable Guy and just watch every moment of what Jim Carrey does. Every every physicality. And on top of that, the acting. I mean, Jim committed to this character where he's kind of creepy and he's got the lisp. Well, why don't we just make that right, Stephen? I'm going to make everything all right for you, Stephen. I thought we were friends, Stephen. I mean, just the stuff he does with his voice and the the karaoke jam when he's singing uh, Jefferson Starship and he's got his his mouth quivering. Your eyes, I say the light. Do a song for it. Oh, no, I couldn't. No, I really couldn't. I fought the law and the law won. <laughs> you might recognize this song as performed by Jefferson Airplane in a little rockumentary called Gimme Shelter about the Rolling Stones and their nightmare at Altamont. That night, the Oakland chapter of the Hells Angels had their way. Tonight, it's my turn. One, two, three. When the truth is found.
just the, the, the more you watch it, the more it grows on you. I hope it does. I'm just I'm dumping my experience on you, but you know it, it's like it's I'm going back to something that I think was a gem that was overlooked. And so may, maybe uh, maybe my enthusiasm or my observations, you, you'll you'll adopt them and go, wow, you know what, Harlan was right. And on top of all that, like I said, remember it it was a dark kind of a dark character. And it's neat to watch Jim also somehow infuse a dark character with all this comedy. That's not easy to do. That's another reason I think he was a real master in this movie. It's such a fine line between darkness and comedy. And Jim somehow was able to walk that line where he blended. He blended the darkness of the character of the cable guy with his his fanatical comedy and it's masterful and again imagine you trying to do it i don't care if you're a plumber or a banker or a truck driver put yourself in jim's shoes and and just go i never would have come up with that facial tick i never would have come up with that head spin i never would have raised my pitch and lowered my cadence and you know what i mean so I hope you enjoy the experience. Like I said, it's it's a little weird homework project that I'm throwing at you, but it's pleasurable. I think you'll like it. And instead of just watching the movie, study it. Study Jim Carrey in this movie. I think you'll get a lot out of it and be you, I think you at the end will also be just like, "Wow." You know, I kind of just watched this movie as a movie, but now that I'm watching it based on kind of the criteria I set up, I, I think you'll be astounded at what a what a great piece of work it is. Some of you might go, Harlan, you're a moron. What are you talking about? The guy's an idiot. And all this may be moot to you. But uh, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe not. I leave it up to you. And uh, as a little bonus, I am going to have on the next podcast for you, ladies and finerdles, speaking of Jim Carrey, I'm going to have an interview with them the next podcast. Yeah, and this isn't fake. This is a real interview. I'm going to interview Jim Carrey on the next Harland Highway. For reals. Not even joking around. Um, And that's not why I'm doing this bit. Uh, I'm doing this bit because I watched The Cable Guy again on the weekend, and I, I watched it so carefully, and I was just astounded, and it, it made me laugh. It made me laugh because of him. Um, so there you go. I, I know I rambled on a bit about it, and uh, you might be, oh, man, he used up all the time on Jim Carrey. But if you go watch the movie, uh, maybe you'll get two hours of sheer enjoyment, and you'll be like, I'm glad he told me. I'm glad he spent so much time on that. Right, Kimberly? Oh, yeah, you got that right, honcho. All right, well, I've I've rambled so long that uh, I've, we're at the end of the show. But uh, like I said, next show we will have Jim Carrey, and uh, I will be interviewing him. So it's going to be fun. Um, what else can I tell you? Don't forget, uh, this weekend uh, I will be in Columbus, Ohio at the Funny Bone. Please come and see the show. This is one of the clubs that always sells out when I'm there, so I'm not kidding. Uh, get your tickets. Get online. Get your tickets ASAP. 
Great club, great time, and we're going to be doing uh, stand-up comedy and some improv. Me and my opening act at the end of the stand-up portion of the show, we're going to keep it going and do some improv, taking suggestions from you people in the audience. No stand-up comedian on the circuit does what we do. So it's going to be a treat. Uh, So that's it. Uh, Columbus, Funny Bone, April 5th through April 7th. That's Friday to Sunday. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday. Come on out and see us. Uh, Go to my website, harlandwilliams.com. Click on the stand-up comedy link. That'll take you right to the website. You can reserve your tickets there. Okay? And then two weeks later... April 18th through the 21st, I'll be at another improv comedy club. There's a whole chain of them across the country. I'm going to be in Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas City. Here I come. Uh, I will be at the improv there. Same thing. Uh, Get your tickets uh, in advance. And then at the end of April, April 26th to 28th, I'll be at another improv in Pittsburgh, PA. I got some great fans out there, man. And we are going to rock it out there. Uh, Don't forget my new special, uh, Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature, can also be picked up at my website. Or you can go to iTunes and do a digital download, which is fun. And uh, check out the store, the uh, harlandhighway.com web store for your merch. And that's it, baby. Tell your friends to tune into the Harlan Highway. We want to get everyone on board. And... uh, and that's it, man. Hope you have fun watching The Cable Guy. I'd love to know your thoughts, whether you think I'm just a doorknob or you uh, actually got something out of my observations. You can write me at harlowilliams.com. Or if you want to call and leave me a message to uh, share your critiques of The Cable Guy, 323-739-4330. And it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see if I I overanalyzed this or I overdid it. I mean, I'm not going to change my opinion, but I'd like to see if if maybe you guys, I changed your opinion or uh, whatever. Interesting. So that's it, gang. Uh, I'm going to go meet up with Kimberly, John, and we're going to sit down, talk nuclear weapons over a great big greasy bowl of chicken chow mein, baby. This concludes our broadcast day. One, two, three! When the truth is found.